What's good? This is Agitator, the only independent hustle, craft, and spirituality broadcast influenced by anime and the work of Takashi Miike. I am Kelby Losak. And I am J. David Osborne. And I'm Eddie Rathke. Shut up. We are <laughs> self-made, best-selling trash noir and cyberpunk authors spilling the sauce as we whip it up in hopes of helping others to get it out the mud with their own independent endeavors. And today we are talking about rejection. All three of your boys done been rejected by CD Projekt Red. And we I'm hear their biggest fan too. I'm their biggest fan. I have so much there. to give. I have so much to offer. And they threw me out like a dog. Like garbage. I, I like have played I just, uh... one hour of The Witcher 3 seven years ago. <laughs> but Damn. I still want that job. You, you know... <laughs> You know more than we do, then you're <laughs> highly qualified. Uh, yeah. I forget how I found it. It felt like a divine gift from heaven because I told Kelby on the phone one day that I, I was like, dude, I, we got to work for Cyberpunk. Like, I want that. That's the only IP that I would want to work in is Cyberpunk 2077. The next day, I'm looking around online for... I think I was looking for quick money in the game. I was trying to figure, because I'm trying to buy all the cars. So I was figuring out the fastest way to make money. And I just saw something that had been posted in early April that said they had an open call. And what that means, open call, that's everything from character designers to uh, to storyline directors to the tie-in <clears throat> novels, potentially. And I was like, holy shit, the universe answered my call so i submitted and about two days later they said yeah no no we're not, not really shouts out to cd project red people listening in uh really nice follow-up email and fast yep. like yep. i was like holy yep. shit fast is yep. the main thing yeah had, yeah had it, had it taken like three months i would have forgot <laughs> and uh so this, this happened to me when i pitched uh just an essay for somewhere but it's like one of those places like CD Projekt Red where you, you just put your pitch into the web portal. And so I didn't have it written down anywhere else. And they got back to me like a month later and they're like, we love uh, one of your pitches. So can you do uh, the one about this? This is the Angel's Egg essay. And oh, she was yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And like, I had no idea what I pitched her about Angel's Eggs. <laughs> and so like when I finally did write it, I wrote her back because this is when... Um, chelsea and uh and jude were in the hospital uh i just wrote her back i was like this kind of changed as i wrote it <laughs> it's like i have no idea what i told her i was gonna write but it became what it became that's what's hard about pitches and that's why like we just gotta make it on our own because every interaction <laughs> i have with somebody else who's like hey write this i'm like um i forgot what i pitched to you because you took forever and yeah. I've written like five things since then. And also I kind of changed my mind. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's why, you know, like in the folder where I have all those, some of them are just like novel ideas or notes for a novel. And the reason I do that is because I get ideas all the time, but I, I will forget them by that afternoon if I don't put them somewhere. And so the ones that exist are just the ones that I remembered to write down. <laughs> I bet I could hit an easy lick, just like $5 for a pitch. 
Oh, I would love that. I'd be so good at that. I love to do that. I'd make a million dollars just because I'd come up with like, uh, what is that? Like two hundred thousand. Yeah. In one in one day, I'd just be like, what if like uh, what if like is Garfield, but <laughs> but he has a really big penis. Like, tell me more. <laughs> tell me Gar- about this big dick cat. It's like, oh well, that's the title, of course. <laughs> of course, that's got to be the title. <laughs> uh, but that's a. I'm. I actually found the pitches that I sent CD Project Red because I screen grabbed them. Let's hear the smart thing. So one of them is because I pitched them too, and so these are kind of probably kind of like what you're talking about. It's like I literally just while <laughs> I was filling out the thing, I was like, all right, I'm gonna give them two pitches. What should they be? And I just. Like wrote these down so then you just like who has to sit and think about stuff these ideas are just here mm-hmm. but uh and these 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 are these are gold mines don't write this book no do write it georgette's been a ripper doc for years and she's seen it all she's given people eyes and hearts and prosthetic scorpion tails seen it all heard it all when her granddaughter disappears she uses every connection she has in night city to get her back and uh it's a pretty good book Coming I'd to read, a theater near you. <laughs> yeah, I'd read that book or game. I don't know. Give me money. Hell yeah. No. Uh, I guess are we reading our pitches? You don't have to. <laughs> Where did mine? Go? I didn't even put a pitch in like a fucking dumbass. But afterwards, when I realized, oh shit, I should have pitched. I told you guys that like it might be a good idea. Yeah, and that's that's, thinking, that's the only reason I pitched them. <laughs> like, yeah, there's yeah, the, it ah, might. You should pitch it, them. Yeah, it might be a good idea to not just give your qualifications, but also to explain to them what you can do for their IP. But I was thinking about it, and the thing that I would add into the Cyberpunk 2077 sequel would be a system where people come after you. So in the game, you go on a lot of heists, you do a lot of assassinations, but what if somebody in the city was paid to go after you? And then furthermore, what if you could actually build your own gang and then you set up little operations around town and you had up and comers trying to infiltrate those. So how do you build your a little bit more command and conquer, maybe? If you yeah, kind of kind of like a uh, another first person example is like the the family system or no, what's it called? The neighborhood system in a fallout where you like mm-hmm. build build little camps and shit and you got partners that run around with you and everything. Right. Yeah. Right. It exactly. also the game Shadow over Mordor or Shadow of Mordor, something like that. I haven't played it because I just know about games. I never play them. I just know about them. I'll that's the way to them. do it. <laughs> yeah. that, that's but, how uh, you actually like write your own shit is I don't have time. Some I all I get so so excited to play a game and I'll play like half of it in like a week. And then the second half, even if it's really good takes me like three months mm-hmm. um but uh, that's, this game that's fast that's fast i'm <laughs> yeah. still i'm still playing fallout 4 after starting it like seven years ago oh well games like that are also like endless so they're different I'm talking about games that are like this is how many hours it is it's like you know it's a game from the 90s it doesn't go forever oh yeah. they don't keep giving you new missions it's just <laughs> it's done but uh this game shadow over mordor um there's like I think they call it like the vengeance system or something like that. So you're killing orcs, and uh, some of them are like become nemesises to you, and so they remember you. And so like 
if they kill you, they like remember that and they're stronger or something like that. Whereas if you keep killing them, they like kind of a uh, like, oh man, this guy's Yo. tough. Like if they see you, they'll run away. What dude, you just okay. What about a game that is based off the Icelandic sagas? You're a Viking and it's called Blood Debt. And the whole game is a bunch of different potential trees of people who you take revenge against, who then <laughs> take revenge against you. And then their kids inherit the blood debt of their parents. <clears throat> and by the end of the game, you have this thing that looks like roots all gnarled up. And it's everybody who's against everybody. And it's just all about the cycle of revenge. Wouldn't yeah. that be sick? That Damn. is a good idea. So Chelsea's been playing this game called Crusader Kings, which isn't quite like this, but it is. It's it's related to what you're talking about. This is, that is the more, phone game. No, no. <laughs> um, it's like a world simulator. So like you pick someone, you can pick anyone in Europe or most of Asia, from like eight sixty six to ten sixty six, and then you play until like fourteen fifty or something like that. So like you're playing as families, you know. So, like, when your main character dies, you become their heir. And so uh, decisions that are made, you know, by the first character you are can still have ripple effects down to, like, the third player that you are. So, like, yeah, if you kill, uh, you know, some duke or whatever, like, dad, like, he he remembers that and his kids are going to remember it. And they are going to fucking hate you and your kids. Yeah. (laughs) Which is hilarious. Um, But, yeah, but that's, like... That's like a world simulator game. So, but I've never seen it in a like what David's talking about, where it's like, yeah, just play like like play, a first person RPG v- version of that. Yeah, or like God of War, if uh you just like kept playing as the next person. And then if you take like Fable's uh marriage system, like romance system, and you uh-huh. implement Man, that. Fable is a good game. Fable is great. And then you can also like I love chopping people's heads off and then kicking them like soccer balls. That was my favorite part. And then it was uh, cool the eviler you got, the eviler you looked. Yeah, you like look like the devil and shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. That was always my goal. Me too. I just I just wanted to look like that. I had the weirdest, like my morality scale would go crazy because I always wanted to look like the devil, but I would really play the game like kind of like as a as a noble guy, but I was like, oh man, I need my devil horns back. I think what's cool about games like that is they essentialize the role playing ask of a role playing game, because like you know even playing a game like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, I haven't played it, but I know everything, so I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> it's like you can play as a psychopath and like not really be role playing it. You know, you're just like just killing people. Who cares? Yeah. Or like acting erratically. Like sometimes you're a serial killer. Sometimes you're a nice guy. But uh, Fable kind of makes you want to take that next step to be like, what would this guy do in this situation? Sometimes it's the suboptimal choice. Um, but it's like, if you're an evil dude, you're going to do evil shit. All those, uh, all those option wheels, too, are crazy. I don't know how I... Uh, uh, busyness of what you're able to do in a game always throws yeah. me off. That's why I got out of call of duty a long time ago. That shit is way too crowded. It's like, just, just pick up a gun and shoot at people. Why does it got to be all this crazy? Like my hood looks insane, oh, yeah. but, but, uh, I don't know. Somehow I figured out fable fable had like, uh, 
like a million different option wheels for like how you can stand <laughs> and how you can uh -huh. greet people and how you can hold your swords and how you, like it was nuts. But Cyberpunk, fuck Fable because it's not CD Projekt Red. Yeah. Well, no, because they didn't give us jobs. So. Well, still, still a little bit love. fucked up. <laughs> still, <laughs> Just a still all love. They said they were going to keep tabs on us. They said, y'all got some genius ideas here. We're going to keep y'all in the system. And we're like, all right, all right. <laughs> so we're going to, so we're going to drop an episode. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> so what is, so how do we, how do we take this? What afterwards? Because we've been talking about how this was like, uh, this was like one of those synchronicities. This was like, holy shit. Like you just said that we should be doing this or that you wanted to do this. And then this fell in your lap, which by, you know, ripple effect fell in our laps. And then we stole your resume and just kind Literally. of pasted it, <laughs> <laughs> which is how they got back to us so quickly. It was like, oh, David got rejected. Oh, yeah, I got rejected too. Then I yeah. just stole this. Somebody, somebody programmed a bot. To just send the same <laughs> same resume out in the exact which, same which format, funny with funny the same if, references. If anybody from CD Projekt Red is listening right now, I'm working on a follow up resume with a different name, and I'm having Chat GPT write it for me. So I'm trying to have AI create the perfect resume for a video game company, and I'll just figure it out when I get in the room. I just need to I just need to sit down and talk. But you how should do apply for it? senior director. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. you get you get the job. Make me yeah. the boss. Well, there there are a few things, and I want to say them up front so that I don't forget them, because that's the way this works. Number one, I'm curious about how these people do get jobs. Two, is anybody hired off the street onto a job like this? I don't think so. Not anymore. Uh, yeah. And so number three, how do we take this? I think that when synchronicities happen, they aren't, they aren't always indicators that you're going to necessarily succeed at anything. They're more like expressions of you being on the right path in the first place. So you do have to fill out the application and you do have to send it in. It's not a guaranteed, this means that this is going to work. It means that you're engaging in the dance with yeah. the universe they they sent you something and by they i mean spirits angels god universe whatever word you want to use you said you wanted a job there they sent you something you send something back the universe still works by very hard and fast rules you don't the power of positive thinking doesn't mean that you can use the force and manipulate time and space that's not how that works you can't be somebody who works at burger king and the next day you're working at CD Projekt Red. But the fact that you, it's sort of like they offered you a chance to dance. You started dancing with them. And then you you farted really loud on the dance floor. So like it didn't work, but they admire your courage, you know, and that's where it goes from there. And our fart was a copy and your resume <laughs> basically <laughs> using the <laughs> oh, you, yeah, used the, you didn't you, you didn't cut you use the template of how i i did my yeah. resume 
but well, you did I, accident, I accidentally kept your name at the top. I forgot to. Uh... Well, that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, if they get <laughs> if they get fifty from J. David Osborne, they might be like, "What is what's going?" And they're is all different. Really, is this a really common name in America? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. Because they're a Polish yeah. company. Yeah, it's it's weird because on one he says that his education is a bachelor's degree from Oklahoma University, <laughs> and on another he says it's from the streets. Yeah, on education, <laughs> on education, I put the streets. You know, I mean, it's kind of like a funny thing to do, but I feel like that is the way to do it because basically anything that draws attention to your resume is good. You know, it's kind of like getting canceled on twitter it's still good because people will remember who you are even if they yeah. hate it and it's like that is half the fight with anything creative is just being like hey remember me like no it's like god damn it because yeah. <laughs> like, awesome. if, if the answer is yes i remember you you're like all right i'm in the door this is easy yeah it's also true because i was like oh education this is why i don't fill out resumes i was like what the fuck yeah and i was just like i'm i'm putting the streets because yeah, it's like they at at the least they might remember they'll see that and be like, "This motherfucker th- put the streets on his resume." <laughs> yeah, do you, literally. Do you think that? But do you think that anybody ever gets hired that way? Do you think that anybody mm. in our position? So when CD Projekt Red sends an open call like that out, they're outsourcing their the, the necessity to look for talent and just saying, "Hey, if you're talented, hit us up." but they're not looking for just a person. Yeah. And that's what interests me because if you're thinking about becoming a writer for say video games, I wonder what that path looks like. I think a lot about this show on Showtime called Banshee, which was really great. If you guys haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's a throwback to nineties action movies. And the two guys who wrote Banshee, were literary fiction authors who just Hmm. stumbled onto that property and got hired to do it. So the show has a real pulp sensibility. It's very colorful. There's a lot of, you know, sex and violence and uh, action. It's awesome. But there's an undercurrent that I think guys like us dig. But you just keep seeing it happen. And it's like, well, that was just random. That was just good luck. What I would like to see, I would like to see them say, hey, we'll take your resume. If you're trying to be a writer, write something for us, you know, a kind of show and tell type of thing. Because from my resume, you can't tell how I write and you're not going to go read my books. So (laughs) how the fuck are you going to know what I'm capable of? And this is not a knock on CD Projekt Red. This is just the way that. Biz, like I've been rejected for bank jobs and copywriting jobs. Like I've been rejected a lot in the past three or four months We're because sorry. every resume that I, t- that's okay. <laughs> I'll get over it. <laughs> uh, but the point of what I'm saying is that, yo, if you, if you give me a chance to show you what I can do, I could do it, but that's, that's not the way. Yeah. What I know about works most people's way into the video game industry no matter what they end up doing is honestly through uh the qa department because like they just need every every game needs endless amounts of people and bodies to throw at bugs and so if most people the way they get it in is like literally on the bottom as being a bug checker and then maybe 
if you meet the right person in the hallway or, you know, an intern, because like a lot of companies post internally for jobs first. And so they'll be like, hey, you know, we're looking for someone to work on the uh, you know, story design team. Be like, can I do that? And maybe mm-hmm. they'll say yes. So a lot of it, I think, comes from that way. Or like, you know, they'll tap a famous author. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, Kingdom of Amalar or Amalar. I don't know. This is an old game. <clears throat> uh, founded or made by the company that Kurt Schilling, the former baseball player, founded. And he burned through all this money and destroyed the Rhode Island economy. But uh, that's an aside. But uh, they hired R.A. Salvatore to do their like story. Or like Elden Ring, you know, uh, George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. That. It's like, or Syndicate with Richard Morgan, the Altered Carbon guy. Mm, yeah. So it's like they tap someone who's, it's either they tap someone already famous or they just use someone who's already in the industry because they've done like, sto- you know, written stories for other games. But how those people usually start is like they're just somebody at the company who maybe they pitch the game and they're like, you know, an engineer or whatever, or a generally creative person. They're like, Hey, I want to make a game where you're this dude, Max Payne. They're like, all right, you can, you can try it. And then I think this is why most video game stories are bad is mm-hmm. because they're written by people who know how to code mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. nothing against those people, but it's like, it's, it's a very different skill to be able to code someone making like a, mario's jump versus Mm -hmm. like writing a line of poetry or even just like writing normal human dialogue Mm -hmm. you know it's like being good at one thing you might be okay at the other thing but i don't know a lot of video game narratives and i love video game narratives i love dumb stupid games even smart ones that are also just as dumb but it's like even the ones that have like the best stories of all time kind of a Oh, not that good. <laughs> like, it's like they're good if you're like 14 and haven't read very many books. You know, you're like, holy shit. Did he just fight God? It's <laughs> like, like that blew the top of my head clean off when I was 14. But now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course you fought God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who else are you going to fight? I wonder who the writers were for God of War, because that was really good writing um that was just i think the the guy who did god of war like who had been involved with god of war for a long time um, okay kind of like kojima and the yeah that's where right. you get the exceptions is when it's like somebody's i think brainchild. i think the cyber i think the cyberpunk cyberpunk is really good is i've heard phenomenal. it's phenomenal yeah it's incredible yeah, yeah. I, I think the writing is pretty good and i wonder how many of those writers have English as a first language um, mm. because so much of the team is Polish, but I would love to get, uh, there's a novel coming out. So it's called no coincidence. It's kind of the first tie in cyberpunk book. The guy's oh, name looks is tight. Rafal Kosic or Kosic or it's, I'm going to have to get better at my Polish pronunciations <laughs> of names, but I'd like to get that guy on and talk about his process, but also how he got, in it's not just a polish thing you can't just be polish well i mean that's like the other that is honestly the other way into studios is like if if it's small enough you know they're like hey we got a friend and he uh he like writes short stories Mm -hmm. we should see if he wants to help us write this game you know who we should have on kelby is uh axel because axel was in all 
Yeah, he was in all three of our our same circles, and he works for the the developer that makes Disco Elysium. And mm-hmm. I've tried to get him to tell me if he's working on Disco Elysium too, and he won't tell me. So which Axel, means yes, which means yes. <laughs> so Axel, if you're listening, uh, come on and talk about how you got into video games because your yeah. boys are are trying to eat. We'll I think part of how he... I'm eating, I don't know what the fuck you talk yeah, about. I think he followed the path of academia, which is a different kind of unusual path. You know, mm. um, a lot of academics, like gaming academia is a relatively new thing. And so a lot of those people go on to like start indie studios and things like that. And once I think it's kind of like, to some extent, sort of like being in Hollywood, it's like once you've worked on a movie, now you're in movies. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like if you've never worked on a movie, it's like, oh, why would we ever hire that guy? That's big because you can even be in movies if you do some skinnamarink shit and like just yeah. put something you shot at your house on YouTube or whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, oh, you're in movies. It's like, yeah, because I made a movie that, that <laughs> Literally. might that might have actually that might actually be one of the ends, too, is like if there's another thing to pitch at along these lines should just like send them the novel like the first 50 pages of a novel tie-in instead of a resume just be like yeah. here's my resume and they're like this is wait what cyberpunk blah 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 i mean that's what i'm doing with this other game company they're a board game company but uh it's called root is the game leader studios they're here in minnesota and uh they it's like a war game but you're uh forest animals so it's kind of like red wall it's awesome red wall <laughs> but uh they um they've had they've worked with some studio that made an rpg using that world so and i i can't remember but i'm pretty sure it's like these people pitched it they were like hey we want to make an rpg in the world of root and we've done you know x y and z and they're just like sure let's do it and they kickstarted it and it worked and so i was just I just sent this guy a pitch for my book and the uh the background for like the basically like the I don't know, like a three paragraph world building document and i was like i have an outline i'll send it to you if you're interested and uh i can write you know i can write this out in like two months i need more i wish like because you know how billboard 200 is something that gets like published or whatever mm-hmm. right like people can look that up i um because well, so- i was thinking I was kind of related about... to that that's why i mentioned this is like because then once you're in the game as like hey i'm a novelizer for games like i write novelizations of games even if it's something completely different from a video game it's like i'm already there i'm already like in the industry yeah. so give me a give me a shot sorry to interrupt Go ahead. <laughs> no but yeah that's kind of the step like you're you're finding those steps towards like right in, mm-hmm. into that whereas like i uh um I was trying to put down different qualifications too, as far as like, you know, mercy hit number four in cyberpunk fiction, whenever oh, it dropped. And I was like, how do I like prove that? Don't, like it was, it, it was there. I mean, yeah, I guess. But that's what I was saying about billboard is like, anybody can look that up. When was Taylor Swift number one? And it'll be like uh, for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure that like Amazon can check to see if that's ever true, but like, Who's ever gonna check that? You know. So well, man, if they did, it work in my favor because it's yeah. true. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah. it's like, man, that's like something else to just lie about. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, who's I, gonna I was know? number one. <laughs> yeah, like, um, 
I remember Patrick Wensink, he used to put that he was a best-selling author because he was a, he was a bestseller on Amazon for like, I think he told me like six hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, he was a bestseller technically. Yeah. He, he did was, sell he, like he made a bag five thousand like copies or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he made, like he made a lot. But it's like when people see bestseller, they're like, "Oh, see so that like the New York Times bestseller list." So he sold like a hundred thousand. Like this is a real author. And it's like, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I didn't say New York. We call ourselves bestsellers. Yeah. No, I mean that's just that's manifesting, and also I mean it's true. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. so I looked up um that the guy who wrote we got a board game. He got his career as just started with some small studio as an artist. And then he was a lead animator on the original God of War. And then he got to direct and write the second one. And then he wrote and directed basically the rest of them since then. Right. Right. And it's like, yeah, you just start doing one thing. And like, this is true of, uh, of like any career. Like my father-in-law is an engineer and his background is in science, but because he can, so he went to like he went to college and he got his uh, bachelor's of science in nuclear engineering, and he got like a minor in uh, in theater, which is like you know kind of a goofy combination. But because he was like comfortable speaking in front of people and good at it, he would always be put as like more on kind of like the he- the front end of the department, who's like like the person who's pitching to people that you can build this thing rather than the person who's actually designing it and it's like he can design it he's he's really good at that too but because he's the only one of these dorks in the lab who can talk to someone else like yeah (laughs) you need to be out there you know and so i'm sure that's how it is for a lot of these people they just uh they come in as one thing and they impress people for doing for being just like capable at something else like not even necessarily good at it just like yeah he's all right <laughs> like, like that's like uh how final fantasy started basically is a bunch of these guys were novices in the industry the nobu uimetsu who uh was like a super famous composer now he was not a composer he he was in like uh like 80s bands um like what do you call those like, progressive like genesis rock. yeah like progressive rock bands and he yeah. was like a struggling so the guy from Genesis is who made Final Fantasy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but he was like a struggling, you know, guitarist or whatever. And they were just a small studio and they like knew him kind of. And they're like, hey, can you like uh, make the music for this game? Like, oh, sure. And it probably took him like two hours. He just sent it over. And then now that's his career for the last 40 years. I just had a light bulb moment. <laughs> What you're describing is people starting with a small group and building that small group. Yeah. That group turns into something. And then the people who are involved in that small something become involved in that big something. (coughs) Broken River, right? Well, yeah. I was thinking that the whole time, but I was... yeah no yeah i mean even look at the guys who made doom um if you ever read masters of doom it's a funny book um because like they were like 18 and 20 or something like that like one guy one of those guys a huge asshole or something yeah they both basically are 
Um, <laughs> oh, that's uh, I thought you said he has a huge asshole. <laughs> He's got. I'm gonna ask how you know that, but we well, yeah, everybody knows it. You seen two guy one cut? Two guys. <laughs> two guys. One. How did you make the most infamous video on the internet gay? Because it's the two guys from Doom. Oh, okay. You know, gotcha. Gotcha. fun stuff. <laughs> I always thought on the oldest on the oldest Doom on like the uh uh what what, what console was that first on? I think just the computer uh, PC. Yeah, it had those like blocky mm-hmm. pixel, oh, yeah. pixel, not even eight bit. I don't know what the fuck you call it, but like that blocky screensaver look to it. I thought they were turd monsters. I thought the things <laughs> were like. Uh, that's funny. Because they're but, like brown with red eyes. I'm just picturing like, yeah. Eddie at a party and he's like, You guys remember that crazy video, Two Guys, One Cup? Where like there were two dudes and they were eating shit and then they. You know, and people are like, dude, that was girls. He's like, what? No, 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 no. What? I, that must be. What, the have I, what have I been? What have I been beating off to in my like, life for the that past? That must be the remake. <laughs> they did it a might remake. Be a they, 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 they did a they did a Ghostbusters on, yeah. on two guys. Yeah. On it, 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 was, okay. it was the original, which is way better. Is two guys. It's uh, yeah, it's the one so with much Bill better. Murray. Yeah, where he's, where he's eating the poop is yeah. actually way I mean, better. That, uh, I remember. I, I feel like everyone remembers the first time they saw that, and they wish that they could go back in time to right before that, that and one, just like turning tub, the other way. Tub girl, the uh, blue waffle. What, blue waffle was a big one. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember any of these. That's blue waffles, the fucked up pussy, and then uh, <laughs> lemon parties where the old guys are sucking each other off. Um, that was um, where was who was that? Oh, that was real life. I was thinking there was like a celebrity <laughs> moment. Kelby's like, I my was... dad. Wait, no, that was a different <laughs> no. thing. <laughs> no, it was, it was uh, one of uh, John Wayne's birthday parties. Somebody gave that to him as like a puzzle. That made <laughs> <into> a... <laughs> yeah. uh, that's funny. I, hope... <laughs> I also hope that people think you're talking about the uh, the John Wayne from, you know, 70 years ago yeah yeah that's hey, right. john, john that wayne of... before he died the last gift he I'm got here to suck you up <laughs> pilgrim <laughs> oh man oh man that, the internet is really disgusting funny. it really is and it well it was back in the day you had bme pain olympics and the guy who crushed a mason jar with his ass uh, <laughs> that's the one <laughs> That I'm pretty sure that one. I'm pretty sure that was a girl. Huh? Sure. I yeah. Okay. Oh okay. no that that was real life too. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those two are the mo- some of the most scarring things. Which uh, I was just thinking about. Um, have you guys ever read the fuck is that book called Oryx and Crake by Margaret Atwood? No, I don't like her. Yeah, I don't but really- uh. <laughs> this book is like one of the um kind of like the character building things that happens early on is these two guys are uh watching just fucked up shit on the internet like all the mm-hmm. time like people dying mm-hmm. and you know stuff that any 13 year old in uh 2001 saw <laughs> like, mm-hmm. but uh you know this is a this is a near future novel so it's like projecting to the future it's like yeah the internet's gonna be even like worse later and it's like it, it both is and isn't mostly it isn't because like mm-hmm. i bet 
I mean, I'm sure if you really worked to find that stuff, you could. But like every, I feel like every boy between the age of like 12 and 15 saw these horrendous, so terrible really good things. point. Because I don't know how I saw <coughs> like Blue Waffles. Like where did Blue Waffles or Tub Girl come? I Someone don't know where Tub Girl came got from. Got downloaded from Kazaa. <laughs> is what happened <laughs> or LimeWire. Uh, in yeah. almost every case, a friend showed me. There was one that I, every I saw. Every single time, yeah. There's one that I saw, and it's so vivid in my mind. And it was the inspiration for By the Time, with the throat cut open and the things coming out. One of the earliest internet videos that I saw was, uh, it was called Russian Soldier. And it was a dude, and it you know, who had his head pinned down on a rock by a, a, a boot, right? And somebody took a bowie knife and put it in the middle of his neck stabbed in and then sawed outwards jesus and Christ! i can't remember how i saw that though but it wasn't a thing where i downloaded you know a limp biscuit album and that popped up <laughs> it was no, so, exactly. it was so, it was somebody saying like bro check this shit out <laughs> yeah it's yeah. like your weirdest friend and you mm-hmm. always had like a new weirdest friend every six months back then he's like hey you ever seen this thing and like that's like all this sale we like uh yeah of course we've seen it because you're also yeah. 13 and then they right. show it to you and you're just like inside your brain is screaming you're just like yeah this is like nothing it's like <laughs> i just want i'm watching a guy get like his fucking neck sawed out yeah, like, oh, yeah. yeah big deal who cares and, and I, you go I, home I, and cry <laughs> yeah i think back i think back on it and i i wondered if it was you know could that have been special effects but first of all no no, that was definitely not special. I've effects. seen special effects from back then, <laughs> <laughs> and it was not. That was not it. And just like the way that the guy acted as his neck was being sawed off, it was so such an uncanny valley moment. Of he wasn't he wasn't going like it was, uh, but it was different. Yeah, it's like and, oh, that's what death looks like. Yeah, I'm yeah. not supposed to know that for ever. <laughs> Hopefully yeah. I can make it my whole life without saying that. It's really funny that that like our generation of people saw all this shit on the internet. Yeah. And, and like the kids and the kids don't even know like the kids are getting mad about, you know, whatever they're getting mad about. And it was we're much almost healthier. like I think so. it was much healthier because our friend because it was a game that we played in real life, the internet was like detached. Yeah. We were like That's true. It wasn't part of our life. It was just like this portal to fucked up shit or hilarious shit or something you kept in the closet like the (laughs) internet we we went to so many like fucked up extremes on the internet because it was like this dark thing you kept in the closet and then you got off i remember not being allowed on the internet my parents would be like what are you doing you're not on the internet are you i'd be like no i'm playing solitaire like yeah this motherfucker been playing solitaire a whole lot since the internet was invented meanwhile he's listening to isis music and playing the for oh, some reason playing oh, the game played... where you punch out Obama uh, not Obama Osama I mix those two up all the yeah, time yeah so no great. I did I played oh. I played that game a lot I also played the game where you shoot JFK and the game where you uh there was another one where you were George Bush and Condoleezza Rice and you had dual wheeled Uzis and you were like defending defending the Bombs world or new yeah. Grounds. Yeah, yeah, one yeah. There's one of those. There's miniclip.com was a good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The internet was so much better back It was so weird crazy. too. But like, so I have cousins who are 10 years younger than me. And I'm sure they saw, I'm sure they would know like 
two girls in one cup but some of this other stuff i feel like it's like yeah did you ever see like uh because i feel like everyone everyone i think i've ever met that's within like two years of me has seen that dude get hit by the train mm-hmm. like oh yeah the fact that i can just say that and you're just like oh yeah i remember that but it's like <laughs> it's like what a fucking stupid thing to say it's like you mean like in a movie it's like no like this guy he get he gets fucking hit i mean it's a movie it's like three seconds long but you know (laughs) but i bet if i asked my cousin if he if he's seen that video where that guy gets hit by that train he'd be like what video like he'd be he'd be asking like which video as if he had seen many of them but him saying that tells me that he has never seen a guy get hit by a train (laughs) because you just know you're like oh yeah yeah yeah, if if you have to ask like which one it's like oh you didn't see it Mm-hmm. y'all seen the one with the cow i'm trying to figure out how much of this is my fucked up memory being like that was also real life what happens to the cow it was a train it was on a, it was on a, a railroad and the train ran over it did it explode i no i didn't yeah. see that one and it was if, just, it ex- if it explodes then i saw it if not i made that up no it doesn't explode okay. i mean and- it probably does but not in the video <laughs> <laughs> well like this is kind of kind of like you kill me it's like which of what of these are memories and what of these are like uh things that i think i remember what if people yeah. listen to this and they say what are these guys talking about oh you'll know that everyone was like, like probably 25. most of them yeah they're like <laughs> we came here to listen to what are y'all talking about these guys it's are like, old the internet was was different folks it's kind of like people talking about new york city in the 1970s they say things like it was so dangerous and you couldn't ride the subway or people in with no shirt but a vest on would try to cut you up with a butterfly knife and people now say what what do you mean yeah my dad my dad he used to go to new york sometimes even for business so it's like work stuff and he was like yeah new york was fucking scary (laughs) like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my father-in-law is from queens and he moved out of New York when he was, I think, right after college. So he's probably like 23 or whatever, 22. Mm-hmm. And he has never moved back since. And uh, when he was a kid, he would just get his ass kicked every single day for no reason. <laughs> just like he'd get just the shit beat out of him. And- I wondered that about kids. Cause when we went, when I, the one time I've been to New York, um, Erica was really pregnant. So there were a few times that she just, stay up at the room like late at night uh-huh. and i and i'd go down and get and grab dinner from somewhere and um i just walked in literally i walked into a back alley and grabbed macaroni from yeah. somewhere and i was like okay i guess this is the spot or whatever um but nothing felt weird. it wasn't just me being like I, I don't really have a a feared barrier of places like that i just whatever but it wasn't even that it was like i don't uh, this place is scary when i've been to new york it's like i don't know it's like a mall they don't get scared when i go to the mall yeah 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 Yeah, i every single time i don't know how many times i've been to new york i spent a solid week in there once in bedsty and you think oh bedsty that's the that's a you know that's like a, a spike uh spike lee area mm-hmm. uh, no i mean it's it's fine and the reason why is because uh there was a little guy named rudy giuliani who introduced yeah. something called broken windows policing and it uh cleaned that city right up well that's like the thing is um if you <laughs> one way to turn a really dangerous area into a much safer area 
is to just like throw everyone in prison yeah to violate everybody's civil rights yeah <laughs> i mean like because like, like, we're gonna clean this place up yeah i mean it's effective but like uh mm-hmm. one thing you notice um if you spend a lot of time in like a place like korea for example is you're like man there's like no fucking weird ass homeless people here like i've even in big cities i never got like yelled at by for a month i never saw a single one yeah it's because they just they just lock all of them up immediately Mm -hmm. (laughs) like like seriously like (laughs) and like coming up through school they're like ah okay that guy uh we're just gonna put him like in a sanitarium which is (laughs) you know just a prison basically (laughs) <laughs> bring sanitariums back that's what i'm saying oh can you hear my cat she's she's howling at me didn't know what that was hey oh kitty. this is you in the author photos no it's not this one it's the other one you have more than one cat you i do fucking freak <laughs> uh i had never had a cat before <laughs> This cat. This oh yeah, cat she's, looks she's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this cat, <laughs> this so cat the, is so fucking alpha right now. Yeah, the funny <laughs> thing about her is she has one expression. No matter what's happening in her life, she just always looks exactly the same. Her brother mm-hmm. has a very expressive face, which is funny when you know. <laughs> now she's I like, can, oh, what's this yeah. pot filter for? Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny when you can like notice um, animal uh, emotions. Because, like, I'm, you know, you, if you know your dog or if you know a dog or a cat, you're like, oh, yeah, I know what they're thinking. But mm-hmm. this cat, she dumb. She got one expression. She's also clumsy as shit. Mm-hmm. She'll, like, just be running and she'll, like, fall over. And then her, <laughs> her brother has the most expressive face in the world. And he will jump from the ground to the top of a, to, to the top of a door. You're like, Jesus, he just jumped, like, eight feet in the air. And he'll, like, land, like, perfectly on it. It's like cool <laughs> so this is a good question for eddie because we're talking about rejection and we're we we went over how we got rejected by cd project red and we came to i think the sauce immediately which was that oh it's because you, you don't get in that way you actually just have to make your own thing so which is what we're doing yeah that's kind of like the thing mm-hmm Eddie is different from Kelby and I because you submit to a lot of short story contests and magazines. Yeah, if they're free. Right. If and, they're and free. they and they pay me. <laughs> right. What what is your thought process behind doing that? Um, so I'll start back like when I used to do it when I was like, I don't know, 18 and stuff. Is like I didn't get you know, you get rejected way more than you get accepted because that's just the nature of it. You know, if you're submitting to a magazine, you're always going to be one of literally hundreds of people, if not thousands. Um, especially if you're submitting to like a big one, like the uh, the New Yorker. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone can submit there and I'm sure they get like 10,000 submissions a week, you know, mm-hmm. or like Clark's World. They, they don't have a limit on submissions and they respond to everything within two days. And uh yeah, I'm sure they get 10,000 a week as well. Um, but back then, if I if I wrote a story and it got rejected, I'd be like, oh, man, that sucks. And even though it wouldn't hurt my feelings, it would make me it would kind of be like, ah, this story is probably just not that good. And because I could write fast and I would write a lot, I would just write a different story and just kind of shelve that other one. Um, 
And so I have an insane amount of short stories that have been published nowhere because if someone said no when I was 20, I'd just be like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yeah. And so now um, when I started submitting stories again, which was like last year, last January, I think, I just send all these like 15 years of stories out and uh, if something gets rejected. I just, it's like, these people can't even hurt my feelings. Like, I don't care. I don't even read, I don't read their websites. I just want them to, <laughs> I just want them to publish me and give me money. <laughs> That's what I kind of learned intrinsically. And then it became like more obvious and I became conscious of it. Watching you do this kind of shit is that, oh, it's just a numbers game. Yeah. It's not like that's all it is. Like there's so many people in the world and it does it it does any talented artist I think would do good to to acknowledge both that if you're good recognize how good you are. Yeah. But also no matter how good you are, there's so many good people. Like I could sit here and just start thinking and be like, "Damn, that's a like that's another genius ass writer who is still alive and making shit." And Yeah. But I mean, like, and the other side of that is, you know, I could play, uh, you know, a Kanye West song and someone could be hearing it for the first time and be like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard. What is this? You know? Yeah. And then like you play, I don't know. I was going to say a country person, but I don't, I don't know any country people. You can play a Taylor Swift song. I think I've heard those before. And like, someone be like, oh yeah, this is the best song in the world. And it's like, sure. Like, why not? <laughs> you know? So it's like, and I think especially when it comes to literary magazines, what you need to realize is, uh, or even just like presses, especially independent presses, is that these are just random people who put press in their Gmail account name. And like, so them saying no is like, would you feel bad if someone you never met didn't like you? Like, who cares? <laughs> you know? yeah. like, and so it's like, this is just a random person. It's if, if I submitted something to like, uh, like, I guess getting like blurbs is a good example. Cause I've reached out to some people that I really like. And when they say, yeah, I'll blurb this. It like, you know, it feels really good. Um, if someone read what I sent them at, like as a request for a blurb, like if Stephen Graham Jones, if I sent him something and he was like, dude, this sucks. I'd be like, Oh man, <laughs> <You know? laughs> like that would shake my confidence. Cause like, I, I care about his opinion, but these random people who own presses, like, I don't give a shit. Why would I care about their opinion? I don't know them. So does Stephen Graham Jones really say you suck? It's going to, it's going to hurt. Oh, it's going to hurt my feelings to I actually to, never to kill Stephen Graham. Jones. <laughs> I never sent him anything requesting for a blurb because I was always waiting to write a horror novel. Cause I'd be like, cause otherwise I just like send anything to him and be like, yeah, I, like I wanted to send him something that like was for him, but uh, I keep not writing a horror novel. And I probably never will now. And now that he's like famous, he he's not just doing blurbs for like any random person who emails him. He you know? would. He, <laughs> he would. You're. you're he would. Well, first of all, you're not a random. You're part. Person. You're part of the reason mongrels exist. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. He he knows you. And I <laughs> I sent him my book when I was 23 and dumb as fuck, and he was like, yeah, okay. He also him, wasn't famous uh, back then. No, that's what I mean. It's like had I had I emailed him even <laughs> even as recent as like 2017 or something like that, he was not as busy as he is now, you know. I'm sure he's got that's like that's not that's that, that's busyness is fake. 
what I mean by business is like he probably gets a hundred people sending him books a, like a month to be like, hey, will you blurb get, this? He doesn't get a hundred any Rathkeys. That's true. Yeah, I just got to write a book. That's and- what this is going back to the knowing people thing. Yeah, see, see where those people for somebody <laughs> we, like we Stephen Graham end. Jones, right? Yeah, exactly. The thing is, too, is like I still I feel like I haven't written a book that is like Stephen enough for me to send to Stephen. Um, this you know? is so interesting. It's so interesting to me how how split your personality is because I love <laughs> I love the side of you that says I don't give a shit what these people think because I don't know them and I don't care. Which is most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> and then there are these specific people who you 100% could get a blurb from Stephen Graham. Jones. Your next book, if you just said, hey, Stephen, could you blurb this? He would say yes. And he you would should send it. him the 400,000 songs. I always, always forget songs which one of my is mother. The, yeah. You should send him songs of my mother. No, so like, like okay, Stephen, so- I'm dropping this in a couple of months. Could you blurb it for me? So you go, you go, you go from, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. None of these people are on my level. I don't care. And then it's like, well, what about Stephen Graham Jones? You're like, well, I haven't written the book for him yet. And I think that if I, I have to make sure that it's the perfect. <laughs> no, but like, sure that but it's that's all, dedicated but, to him. Yeah. Well, because, because I know Stephen. It's his and because face I, on the cover. <laughs> main <laughs> character's book, name is Stephen. The book is just called Stephen Graham Jones is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like his, yeah, it's his face in like a star. no no the book is called bread feather yeah (sighs) it's a good one but uh i don't know it is because i know him because i like his books i feel like i know what would make him like laugh when he reads it and i'm like i want to write that book and send it to him should just say yeah a whole lot one line yeah (laughs) but like uh because i i had steve erickson blurb one of my books and he he is I really like one Steve of my Graham favorites. Jones. Yeah, I would say Steve, Steve, Steve Erickson's one of my favorites. Yeah, and I would say at the time Steve Erickson was like the top of my list in terms of who. If you had to ask me who my favorite writers in throughout all of history were, he would have been number one. And so yeah. I did reach out to him, and he gave me a nice blurb. But so it's like I don't know, but it's different because Noir Love Story is like that's when he blurred because and you're that's... sexually attracted to Stephen Graham. Yeah, James. exactly. You want to have, no. <laughs> have, have his baby and be his wife and wear he's a dress. Too, and... He's too handsome. <laughs> he's too handsome for me to just send him anything. I was like, Noir, Noir love story is a book that wouldn't have. Steve existed. Erickson's great writer, total dog. <laughs> yeah. Do not want to have sex with him. <laughs> it's like Ed, Eddie sends a romance novel to Frank Bill and is like, Will you blurb yeah. this? <laughs> He's like, I have to write the right thing for Steven. But, he has to love it. <laughs> but like, so, he has to come over to my house and play, play Monopoly with me. No, but like, I mean, this is actually how I think. So, like, because uh, I only sent one book to, I think I only sent one book to Broken River to publish, even though I had like, I had known you for a while by then mm-hmm. and I had written a bunch of books. I was like, I sent the one I sent to you. I was like, this one will make David laugh. And like, I that's did. why I sent it to you. <laughs> so like, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, so I do, I mean, I guess that's a dumb way to think about it. Cause I'm sure Steven, I could have had a blurb from him many times over by now. And I'm just like, we want to write him something that he likes. it's the gayest thing i've ever heard you say i know he likes everything have you read his website but it's also like i don't know i think he likes you he likes uh, you that's 
We'll see. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna we're gonna hook we're gonna hook y'all up. Don't worry. This is such a cool next, conversation. Yeah. Next episode, <laughs> we're, 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 we're fine. No, I think I think outside of making fun of Eddie, which was fun, uh, it's it's useful to look at the hangups people have and why they have them, yeah. right? Because you can have somebody like Eddie who, I mean, tick off the boxes, extremely prolific, great pro stylist, doesn't give a shit what 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 you know, these random journals think. Uh, but then there's this one thing and it's like, oh, there's a, there's a person who I'm trying, but here's what I'm saying. Right. And I'm using your example to make a broader point is that I think that people's threshold for who they're trying to impress is much broader than yours. Right. You want to impress one person that we know of right now <laughs> yeah because you send us everything so yeah. like, i don't care what you guys think but <laughs> exactly 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 but what i'm saying is that like a lot of people and this is where the sauce comes in this is where the the good tool comes in a lot of people that you they expand that out to a bunch of people so even though it's very funny that you're gay for steven <laughs> It's also important to realize that like maybe that's actually kind of a healthy way of re- like picking one person who you write for and yeah. actually caring about. Well, well it's kind like, of like I don't know why I thought of this specifically. Maybe it's because we were talking about this sometime in the past year. But like it's the difference between like acute stress and like persistent stress. Where it's like mm-hmm. a, you know, it's good to have stress about, you know, whatever. If you're going out to play like a sport, it's good to have stress right beforehand. Or if you're going to like, I don't know, pitch a novel, it's good to be stressed right beforehand. But if you're stressed constantly, that's real bad. Makes yep. your makes your brain smooth. Perfect um, point. That's a perfect way of saying it. Yeah. And so exactly. it's like, so this is something that I noticed even, um, it kind of came up in the discord where people were like, you know, th- the biggest hurdle is confidence. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's always the biggest hurdle for writers. I used to teach teenagers and talk about people who don't have confidence in themselves uh Mm -hmm. the only ones who have a lot of confidence in themselves are the weirdest ones Mm -hmm. who are writing the dumbest stuff (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like what i would rpg the rpg writers (laughs) they would literally just be like writing their DD campaign who we love Mm -hmm. that's everybody listening to this show hey shout out lit rpg (laughs) but like what i used to tell them is you know the things that you're ashamed of and embarrassed about are actually probably the most interesting things about you. Mm-hmm. And so like what you're writing about is pro- it should be what you're obsessed with. Like follow your obsessions and let those lead you through totally. what you want to produce because, and because you're obsessed, like, because you're just like, I don't know, whatever it is, whether it's dragons or like coins or cyberpunk cyberpunk it's like that weird thing that you're into is going to give a texture to whatever you create that is uniquely you like it's the one thing that's novel about you is that you're really into you know drumsticks or like you know can name every Mm -hmm. guitar by someone who makes guitars i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't don't, i'm playing instrument shut up (laughs) your boy your boyfriend your boyfriend steven is really into trucks yeah exactly boots and you see descriptions of boots and different types of trucks Yo, and cars and bro uh friend of the show david james keaton uh whenever stephen graham jones gets brought up he tells the story when he was at a conference one time uh he was tabling 
and Stephen walked by and they were talking about this, that, and the other. And David had on this great pair of boots. And Stephen looks at him, he goes, Hey man, I like those boots. And they talked about the boots instead of books. <laughs> and then, but then when he walked away, David was like, that's the coolest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. It's that yeah. focus, you know? Well, it's also, I don't know. Steven is just like an actual cool person um, where most people that you meet in books, the only thing that they can talk about are books, you know, mm-hmm. because they're like, they're like a little bit autistic. I was like, I've hung out with Steven a few times and, I don't know. We talked about books one time. I remember we talked about writing one time. That was like the uh, mm-hmm. the only time I ever really talked about writing with him. Because like I don't know, it just seems dumb. It's like why why waste your time talking about writing with Stephen Graham Jones, famous writer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why would, yeah, we played like... we played pool, and I I didn't talk to him about writing at all. I don't yeah. think but that's yeah. like because he's just a normal person. Like when you meet a yeah. normal person, especially at somewhere like AWP or some or like a book reading. Oh my god, talk about the worst place on earth. But like mm-hmm. when you meet a normal person, the last thing you want to be, the last thing you want to, it's almost like you have to signal to each other right away that you're normal. Like, oh, I do things yeah. besides books. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, oh, totally cool. though. That's, that's for real though. That's yeah. a real thing. Like I that's talked to Cameron in, that, Pierce one time about beer for yeah. like a few yeah. hours. Cause of course yeah. I did. But Cameron's uh, thing is beer. Yep. Cameron's yeah. thing is beer. I mean, that to me is the litmus test when you go to an AWP, if you can talk to people about what there was a one time I went to a conference and and I was I decided to mingle I moved (laughs) outside of my friend group and I was just going to mingle with people and so I went to the bar and I got a beer and there was a couple sitting next to me and I said hey so what's up what do you like what are you guys into whatever you say to people to get them to talk and they that's what he's like (laughs) what you say to these people whatever you you know the things you know you say normal (laughs) normal stuff that a human says and not a serial killer (laughs) hey what are you humans into Uh, (laughs) you guys like dirt isn't it crazy that our earth is made up of mostly water but it's called earth gravity's (laughs) heavy here isn't it Listen to the rest of this lovely conversation, plus gain full access to the archives, bonus episodes, read serialized novels on Yugen Junk Weekly, and gain access to the Agitator Discord over on Agitator Z. That's the $5 a month Agitator Z tier on patreon.com slash agitator. Katie's love like, cowboys. This is like the best and also stupidest episode of the podcast so far. There's like uh, real gold in there and then also just dumb shit. Yeah, but uh, everyone should Absolutely. subscribe to my Substack and pay me money for uh, stuff. Just whatever, just give me money. I don't care. Everyone do should. It's care. like the best Substack. Yeah, I agree. Kelby, do you have, do you have an outro <laughs> for this one? Um, this is the show. It was really cool. Do do do. Broken River forever. There we go.